Americans are being poisoned at an alarming rate due to foodborne illness causing violent sickness and in some cases even death. I'm Bill Klaproth, and in this episode of the Newland Lawcast, we talk about food poisoning. And here with us is Gary Newland, an injury attorney and partner at Newland and Newland Law. Gary, thank you so much for your time today. First off, can you quickly tell us about your experience when it comes to food poisoning claims? We've handled many different types of food poisoning claims. We've handled salmonella, E. coli, listeria, hepatitis. We've handled different types of fish poisoning. We've dealt with cases that have reactive arthritis. We've dealt with cases that have permanent injuries resulting from food poisoning and some that don't. When uh, there's a food poisoning outbreak, we typically, in Illinois anyways, represent a large share of those that have been injured. So, Gary, what's the first thing someone should do if they suspect they have food poisoning? Well, first of all, anyone that suspects they have food poisoning should go to a hospital or the doctor. And the other important uh, process to follow is to contact the health department. The reason it's important to contact the health department is because literally you can save lives. If that food poisoning can be traced back to a specific restaurant or food product, then you could save the life of someone who would eat that product. And, and basically, if the health department finds out that it's a specific product or determines it's a specific product, they will make sure that product is taken off the market. Well, that's really good advice, contacting the health department right away. And for someone who suspects they are suffering from food poisoning, then you also suggest calling you right away. Why is that? Well, it's a good idea to call us right away because we're familiar with the different types of food poisoning. Also, um, we can give advice on, on where to get treatment. And we also um, have a great deal of concern for those that have a compromised immune systems. For example, children and senior citizens, uh, their immune systems aren't as strong. And food poisoning can really be devastating on their systems and oftentimes causes death or severe bodily harm. When someone is of really good health, usually they can fend off the food poisoning and return back to a state of good health, but not always. Those with compromised immune systems, the impact is devastating. So is it a good rule of thumb if you wind up in the hospital or have to go to the emergency room, potentially it is food poisoning then? There's really no way uh, to know for sure whether it's uh, food poisoning unless there's a positive test that comes back where it's identified as a specific type of food poisoning. Otherwise, food poisoning is just suspected. Now, there are people, however, that believe they were food poisoned and there was no test done. The only way we can prove that they were, in fact, food poisoned is by tracing it back to a specific outbreak. For example, if it was a burrito that made somebody sick from a specific burrito restaurant, then we would need to evaluate you know, this, the people that got sick from that restaurant, whether your symptoms or that person's symptoms were similar. And if they were similar, even if there isn't a positive test, we can generally correlate it to the specific restaurant or the specific outbreak. And if possible, should a person save the food if they can or if they have brought it home in a to-go bag or something? Is saving the food, if they can, a good idea? It, it can be a good idea to save the food. In fact, we would recommend that the food be saved. Not always is that possible because 
food poisoning can take up to 72 hours and sometimes even longer, depending on the type of food poisoning, before one realizes they are actually sick. Some people and certain types of food poisoning can take place um, relatively quickly or relatively soon after eating the food. But it is not unusual at all for it to take 72 hours or longer for symptoms to develop. So when someone comes to you with a food poisoning claim, how do you work with that person? Tell us about your process. Well, since we do food poisoning on a regular basis, all of our forms are geared towards uh, figuring out what exactly made the person sick and how to prosecute the case for them to maximize their compensation. Since we do food poisoning all the time or on a regular basis, we are able to uh, ask the clients about certain symptoms that perhaps other attorneys wouldn't be aware of. One of the more common uh, situations we run into is a condition called reactive arthritis. And what happens is this doesn't develop sometimes till six months after the illness. And a doctor will diagnose someone with reactive arthritis, not necessarily draw the correlation to the food poisoning incident. But we know to follow up with the clients and ask them if, in fact, they're suffering from reactive arthritis so that we can tie it into the specific instance of food poisoning. And oftentimes, once the doctor is aware there was a food poisoning issue, they will then provide us the causal connection between the food poisoning and the reactive arthritis. So, Gary, how do you investigate that? How do you find that out? Who do you talk to when you're trying to determine that? When we're trying to prove a food poisoning case, generally we're looking at treating doctors to help us prove the case. And sometimes most importantly is the health department and the Center for Disease Control. The Center for Disease Control and the local health department will generally work together to determine if there was an outbreak. The Center for Disease Control will actually genetically test the bacteria to determine where it came from and where else in the country people are getting sick. And this helps us determine whether it's a product that is distributed nationally or whether it is a local outbreak. And the health department and the Center for Disease Control work together in the process of evaluating the source of illness. It's so important to determine the source of illness because as we indicated earlier, people can die and have permanent injuries from food poisoning. Absolutely. This is very serious. So when you're building that case then, is part of your process setting expectations with the client on, on where they stand and to present options to them as far as settling or, hey, this is serious, you know, you can go to trial? Is that part of what you do? Well, what we do is we build the case, every case, as if we're going to trial because generally there's going to be an insurance company or a large corporation on the other side. And if we're not prepared for trial, they won't take us seriously. So we have to prepare the case as if we're serious. And that means we have to do all of our research. We have to support every claim we make with the medical records and explain to the other side who's going to be testifying to what so that we can prove our case. Also, food poisoning also requires that we educate the insurance company and educate uh, the corporation that, that's involved because they're usually not fully aware of all the consequences and all the ways that it can impact people's lives. For example, there's uh, it's common for uh, there to be cross-contamination in a food poisoning situation. For example, somebody comes home, they have food poisoning, 
they prepare a meal for the family, then the entire family gets sick. Well, the entire family would then have a claim for getting sick as well. So there's a lot of different aspects to these cases and a lot of complexities, which aren't normal of most types of injury cases. If someone suspects they have food poisoning and they come to see you, is there a cost for consultation? We don't charge for a consultation. Our fees are based on a contingency fee basis. And what that means is we charge a percentage of what we collect for the injured person. And if someone is so sick that they can't make it to your office, will you travel to them? It's common that we would travel to their home or their hospital. When we get calls and, and people are sick, a lot of times they're, they've had their kidneys shut down. They're in the hospital. Some are on dialysis. Um, and we will go where we need to go to help people. That is what we do. So, Gary, if someone is so sick, say they're in a coma, for example, I imagine you wind up working with family members a lot. Is that correct? Oftentimes, it'll be a family member that initially contacts us. Most of our business is referred from other lawyers because they realize that we have a great deal of experience in this area. And so they refer the business to us. But generally, our first contact is either through another law firm that's referring it to us, through a family member or the individual that was poisoned. Well, this has been very informative. And if you could just wrap it up for us, Gary, what else should we know about food poisoning claims? What's most important is that people that get food poisoning should know that they're entitled to compensation. A lot of people think that, oh, I had food poisoning, and they don't pursue compensation because they're better in three or four days or a week, and they just think, oh, I was sick. Well, the reality is you were poisoned. And there's no reason for someone to be poisoned by a business that's selling them food. A food poisoning case is a product liability case. What that means is a restaurant or a preparer of food is held to strict liability because this is such a serious, serious thing. The government says that they are strictly liable for the damage that they cause an injured person. There is no defense for food poisoning if we can prove the food poisoning took place. And I think what you said earlier about reactive arthritis, this can show up months later. Is that right? It's not uncommon for conditions to manifest themselves six months or more later after a food poisoning. There are many illnesses that can develop months later from food poisoning. Wow, that's really, really important to know. Well, Gary, thank you so much for your time today. For more information on food poisoning, please visit newlandlaw.com. That's newlandlaw.com. This is the Newland Lawcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.